What's up, builders? It's your girl, Kanswent the Blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF Podcast. This is a creating space with Azaria, and we're going to be getting into her music, all the great stuff she has going on as a creative. So go ahead and say something for the, uh, for the builders, Azaria. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Of course. I'm saying it right, right? Azaria. Yeah, you are. You actually said it perfectly. Yeah, look, I had a I had a tip from uh when we appeared on uh Kiss and Tail. <laughs> yeah, you got the glow. Yeah, yeah. Before mm-hmm. we, you know, you got the heads up. Yeah. So, um, let's start with how long have you been doing music? You're fairly young, so you have a you have a single out. I think it's a single because I haven't seen any album so far. So, turning twenty one. Yeah. Um, how old are you? Yeah. Um. So I'm twenty two. Okay. Um, I have been doing music from arguably like for 13 years. Uh, I had to do like a biography, so I know all the notes. <laughs> uh, so when I was younger, I started doing music and I started playing bass at 11. Mm. And then from- So you play bass, bass too? Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that about you. My baby's in the corner there. You know, actually, you posted a picture earlier today, and I it made me. I said I need to add that to the outline so I can remember to ask it. So I'm I'm gracious that I'm grateful that you uh, brought it up because I would have forgotten. <laughs> no, no worries. I um I started playing because so I used to I tried piano and I hated it. 
Mm. I freaking hated it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy my teacher. And my parents were like, really, because my parents are musicians. So they're very adamant, like, you need to learn a, like, you need to learn a skill. You know what I mean? Right. And so I ended up in band and I was like, I don't want to put my mouth on no instrument. Hey, I'm a band girl too. Trumpet all (laughs) day over here. The trumpet. (laughs) It's a beautiful instrument, but also like, I have big lips. Like I couldn't. (laughs) I wasn't going to do it, you know? And so I decided to play bass. And that was like my dad's like, oh my God, she's becoming. Because my dad's a multidisciplinary um, musician. Mm-hmm. So he gave me the bass that I have now. And I've been playing it um, since middle school. But then in high school, I started playing double bass, um, which mm. is like the big cello version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I did that, I started doing vocal, but I started singing with my father in the studio because he's a producer. So I started having the love for it, but it didn't come around until maybe later on where I wanted to push it just Mm -hmm. because I felt there was a lot of failure when I was younger. And I didn't think that music could be something I could control in my own hands. It always was like, oh, well, you need to impress this person. You need to impress that person. What do you mean? Uh, It was a lot of failure. Yeah, um, so weird, because I never usually talk about this. Like, <laughs> you know, you audition for the next star, not because I'm um, hiding failures, but you never, yeah. you know, you just never talk about it. Um, I auditioned for the next star, didn't get first round. Uh, I remember auditioning for like Honey uh, Jam. You know, I auditioned for high school, like to get into music school, didn't work <laughs> out. And there was all, it was every failure after failure after failure. And which failure leads to success we know that right right? but that has to be hard as a young child to you know experience that you know rejection in that way as an 11 year old it was horrible and it was so funny because my dad would always be like they don't know what they're talking about like Mm -hmm. you're talented because that's your parent but at the same time in hindsight looking at it now there were so many things I needed to work on like uh like I struggle like sight singing, singing and pitches. I, my voice, I've worked incredibly hard on it to get it where it is today. So in hindsight, there was just a lot of things that I needed to work on. Uh, but it was just like time after time, like you would hear, hey, this label's interested in you. And then it falls through and you never hear anything from them or like, right. hey, you're interesting. Um, I remember at one point I was called to be in a girl group at one point. And they turn me like I don't I don't even think they turn me down like it just devolved dissolved like there was always something after something mm-hmm. so it just discouraged me and I was like why would I want to pursue something that I'm not being successful in you know as a kid as a I mean but even as an adult I know sometimes I even have to have those talks with myself right because we all still have that inner child so you know even with LBF or you know some other creative venture I might be having I often get to a point where it's just like why would I still be doing this if it's not growing as fast as I want it to grow, right? And then you kind of revert back to that 11-year-old or that, you know, however old you were when you first felt that kind of rejection. And then the adult in you has to talk to that child and say, hey, listen, it's okay. (laughs) You can do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how has, uh, see, so you've opened up more questions that I didn't even have written down. So how was it like having two parents who, we're into music. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would imagine it'd be a beautiful experience, but also one like because you are interested in music, it has to be some kind of pressure there as well. Yeah. Um, so 
I have two different parents from, with different perspectives. Um, in terms of my mother, tell me if that noise, you can still hear it because then I'll just move. Oh, no, I, I'm, I can't hear anything on this end. Perfect. Okay. Um, so in terms of my mother, my mom was a singer. Um, and that's how my parents met. So when it comes to singing, she wasn't really too like involved um, because my father was the one that was more involved later on. So in mm -hmm. terms of like, she never really took, like she took interest, but like my mom's a Scorpio. There's only so much like, you have to really, really, really impress them to be mm -hmm. like, okay, she can do this. You know what I mean? Um, and it wasn't until maybe later on when I performed in 2019 where my mom was like, okay, yeah, like she could probably actually do this, you know? Oh, so recently, um, that's fairly recent. Yeah. So since age 11, um, so did you start at age 11 or was that just part of the experience? So in age, so at 11 to maybe 13 I did my first album with my dad okay um and then that's where I'm saying most of my discipline and learning came from him right you know, there were times where breaking down crying learning notes mm. being in the studio and getting frustrated like literally like I would never compare my childhood to like Beyonce's Matthew Knowles dynamic right it was very very close <laughs> you know <laughs> the kind of discipline and like you need to get this right if this is what you want to do you need to work hard for it and my dad taught me my discipline and how to work right um so that happened and then because there was so much failure when you were so young I was mm -hmm. just like why am I doing this so I stopped and then what rekindled this recent development was I started seeing my friends I choreographed dream girls at my school when I was in U of T and I noticed so many people starting to make music as an actual discipline and something that they could make money off of and do well in and I was like, if other people are doing it, why can't I, right? right? And then I started dating this guy that I actually saw making an actual tangible career out of it. So that's what really pushed me to be like, I could definitely do this. Like not in a right. cocky way, but like, wow, like I can. I got what it takes, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, very interesting uh, background there that you, you, you had all the keys, you know, to making it but also having that pressure to um let's switch a little bit and how would you describe that creative energy um because not only are you a singer but you also play an interest an instrument right so I want to know about you know how you go about creating music and what's that process like for you yeah um so in terms of creating music I mostly focus on songwriting mm -hmm. um I could hear a beat I could hear a melody, I could think of a lyric. And one thing that was beautiful in my training as a child was that my father taught me how to write. Um, we would sit in the car and we'd listen to maybe rock songs or, um, um, no, we mainly listen to rock in the car. <laughs> or like when he was in his sessions, he would, we would, I would learn how to walk because I was that studio kid that sat in the studio. Right. We had, we had to be there, you know, me and my little brother. So we would watch them. We would watch him learn how to write. And that's what I picked up. So when it comes to song creation, I mostly focus on songwriting and I also songwrite for other artists. Um, so what was beautiful is that he taught me how to tap into stories. 
I'm really big on singing stories and I'm big on singing not the same angle. I don't always want to hear city girls music. Yeah. No shade to city girls. <laughs> but like, or I want to hear a city girl song, but let's get another angle to it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is going to want to st- keep hearing the same Birkin bag and no shade because I dance to it too. But, you know, we need to have yeah. a different perspective. Some variety. Um, so, yeah. And that's what I really pride myself um, in writing, like specifically in witty lyrics. I love witty lyrics. I love <laughs> listening to Mariah Carey. Um, like The greatest songwriter. <laughs> it's airy season man I've been listening to her since it started like (laughs) we have the same life path numbers every time she talks I'm just like just my people um for example a lyric in um turning 21 the Bacardi mama I am sorry that was an ode to uh like that to Mariah Carey Oh, and look, you didn't connect the dots for me just now. Because I told you before we um actually started recording, I told you that I, w- I had just listened to uh, Turning 21. Um, and yeah. what I loved about it is, so you put your reggae roots in there. You know, I was in there, you know, with my little bathing suit on <laughs> and um in the mirror and I was just dancing to it I was just like let me go ahead and I need to add this to my reggae list I'm glad you feel like that oh yeah yes. it's a great song it really is it, it feels very summery and I can't wait to actually be riding in my car with the windows down and the sun shining so I can like really feel it you know um I'm ready to do all the reels to that song are do you have any music videos out no um so my first music video should be coming hopefully by the end of this month okay editing cross fingers uh but because we can do big budget music videos because in toronto we're closed down right we can't really go anywhere uh so we decided to do a visualizer video and have people take them their experiences from home and then after sorry And then after what we're going to do is hopefully when things open up, we're going to start shooting real music videos. Not even hopefully, we're going to. Uh, I have an EP coming out and there's so many visualizers and energies, like the street grunge, the pretty girl vibes. Like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, You mentioned songwriting. Have you had an experience yet where you had to write a song for someone who is um, a little bit intimidating to you? based on their level of success or creativity? Yeah, no, I have not experienced that yet. And I can't wait until the day that I do. <laughs> um, like sitting in part of me. I was going to say, who, who would be your number one person? Like the first person out the gate if you got to choose to write a song for? To songwrite for? Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, I feel like everyone would say Beyonce. Mm-hmm. but I think like it's so hard because a lot of the people I'd want to write songs for I'd want to write with them you know got it yeah like Victoria Monet Mariah mm. Carey um Nancy oh great writers they're all just yeah right like I think me and Victoria Monet could like sit in a room and just write all the tracks like mm-hmm. her songs are always are. on point I just mm-hmm. Okay, so what project are you currently working on? Are you working on like an album right now? I know you mentioned your visuals, but is there like a full body project that we can look forward to? 
Mm -hmm. So I'm doing an EP. It's called Love on Lock. Okay. And it's about, you guys are getting the exclusives. I haven't even told people about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Love on Lock is your experience as a young woman and all the tumultuous feelings you have about growing pains and going through life. Um, it's not linear because I don't believe our experiences are linear. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get upset and cry and fall in love. It's like, girl, it's everywhere, you know? <laughs> okay. It's very much everywhere for me when I do it. <laughs> okay. um, so when I sat back and listened, we're not finished it. I have one more song the next semester. But when I was listening to the complete work, I was like, this is literally my feeling of being in my late teens. Mm. Like, like early 20s. But I think my mindset has really changed really recently, like 21, 22. But 18 to 20 is our it was a mess. We don't keep it a buck, you know? Um, yeah. So a lot of those songs are just my experiences and feelings of like going through pains, like, you know, you being happy and then horny, then angry and upset and then stressed out, you know? Sounds very much like how I was at that age and sometimes how I revert to at this age. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I love that because um, so many people will be able to relate to that experience because it's coming from an honest place. So can't wait to hear that project because One Night Stand, is One Night Stand going to be up there? Or is that just a yeah, single? Yeah, it's going to be on there. Okay, yeah, so you guys, if you have not heard One Night Stand, please go listen to it. Um, we will be putting O-N-S, all... title O-N-S. O-N-S, yeah, I'm sorry. It's abbreviated. Um, no for one night stand so that's what she's talking about in in the song but it's a very sexy song it's very uh it gets you in your you know your bag <laughs> Another, it's like it's described as a kalani rice and tiller bean yeah i get that vibe from it too all right so yeah. let's discuss your influences now you mentioned mariah carey what else influences like your songs and how you know you go about creating yeah, um, so music is a little different because I think music influence comes from an array of places. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a child, I was inspired by, my dad used to make us listen to Rush <laughs> and The Police, so a lot of rock music, and then a lot of acoustic, beautiful ballads of songs. And right. I think what's beautiful about rock music is that it really tells a story. Mm -hmm. you know, um, in a very, but not just a story, but catchy, because country tells a story, but then country can be catchy or cannot be, like, it depends on the track, but, like, rock, it's always, like, catch, right, um, so that was the influence in terms of, like, songwriting, but then when I started getting older, you know, you start listening to Disney music, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then my biggest, biggest influences were, like if I could pinpoint Usher, Beyonce, Janet Jackson, mm -hmm. and ooh, the other person was just in my head. Um, I can't remember right now, but it will come back. But when I was really, really young, like those are, oh, Alicia Keys. Those guys ooh. are constantly, right? Constantly, Great combinations. Constantly yeah, in, in specifically 2010s. I think that changed the way I looked at music mm -hmm. and as well as Jordan Sparks. There was a different wave in terms of how people wrote at that time. Yeah. Um, so then now, as I got older, I started feeling more passionate about R&B music because I believe R&B is such a beautiful root. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, listening to, I'm trying to think, cause I have to like pop all these out of my head. You know, <laughs> my Carrie Ballads, Usher, um, specifically Janet Jackson. I think 20YO is a under, under gem, under um, loved gem. Like that album, Jermaine Dupri literally did what he needed to do. Yeah, we, we, we can tell the influence um, when he was actually working with her and how closely, you know, the music related to their relationship and their creative energy together because it, it is a difference from, you know, the 80s uh, Janet, the 90s Janet, you know, all that mm-hmm. is, is a different experience when you actually listen to her music. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like she actually had fun, like making mm-hmm. the project. Not saying she didn't have fun at any other project, but it was just literally like if you hear him talk about their relationship, it just seems like such a renewal, like such yeah. a positive energy between them. Um, but you know, listening to those guys, it, my dad really pointed out, okay, you're listening to song, but what are you learning to write from the song? What kind of stories are they telling how are you feeling about the song um so that's where I took my influence is on the type of stories you want to write and how to convey emotion in those stories you know and even if it's not like an emotional song like it's a poppy song a hit song what makes it hit I remember my parents took me to my first concert mm-hmm. um Alicia Keys oh wow uh, but Robin Thicke opened and this was Ooh. before Blurred Lines, Robin Thicke. This right, was, this was old school Robin Thicke. <laughs> Black people's Robin Thicke, right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and the track, uh, Shaking It For Daddy, and She's Shaking It For mm-hmm. Like, Mind you, content not appropriate, 110 percent But it did teach me how to write. Um, and then even just being in the studio with my dad's friends, like Rock and Selena and those guys, it really pinpointed you on, okay, what's the message you want to hear? What kind of emotion you want to convey? So, Right. So growing up in the industry, um, essentially, uh, how has that experience been when you connect with other people who are trying to do the same thing that you do? Like, do you have people who try to befriend you to get in or like, you know, have you ever experienced anything like that? You know, I never really experienced that. Okay. And That's I good. Think, That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great because I don't really lead with, oh, this is my experience. Or like, this is my da-da-da-da-da. You know, mm-hmm. if someone asks me about it, I will tell them. Um, but the reality is that I want to make sure that people, I'm really big on merit. And I'm really big on, like, you seeing, like, my talent and what I do versus like what other what I can bring for you for like other people I don't know if that makes sense no it does if you know my dad's a producer you're gonna be like oh well why don't I get free studio time for what I do Mm -hmm. you know but it's not about that for me you know um so I've never really had that experience I think the biggest thing I've experienced with music is people undervaluing your knowledge especially as a woman uh, ah, the sexism always yeah. in every industry. <laughs> it's really fun because um, when you work with men, and I don't let, let me explain to you. I'm one of those people. I don't walk into the room and act like I know everything. I don't right. believe I know everything. And when I when it's my place, I will talk. But when it's not my place, I will not speak. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And a lot of the times when people don't think you're speaking or acting big or whatever, like they think you're being weak or you just don't know anything, you know? Right. Um, so a lot of times I've been talked down to as a woman, you know, or tried to be taken advantage of because you're trying to pull one over me, mm-hmm. not necessarily sexual assault or anything like that. Sorry, trigger warning. But in terms of men just trying to be like, oh, she don't know anything. Right. You know, let me te- let me try to teach her all of this because she obviously doesn't know. Um, how do you and handle that? You just sit there. Who? <laughs> That's I'll call it out and be like, Dad, do you want to know this guy trying to teach me what a mono is? Like, oh, sorry to yell in your ear. But you gotta no, call fine. my dad. So, oh, my dad okay, so like, you're having these experiences trying to work on a project with someone or like just having studio time with them. Like how, when, when do you run into these situations? It's more when you're getting like advice or business advice and stuff. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like, cause like with music and working with people, I only work with people that pretty much know me pretty well mm-hmm. and have like no ulterior motives. Cause you know, there are some guys that will be like, oh, I'm trying to sleep with you. And I've had that experience you know, so, right. You know, <sighs> well, it's fun, it's fun right? <laughs> uh, how do you handle um, being yourself in an industry that is still very uh, male dominated with, uh, without worrying so much about being sexualized, you know, because I saw one of your photos, uh, turning 21. I was like, she looks gorgeous on this picture, right? But then uh, someone else can see that and want to take advantage of it. So how do you balance that? Yeah, um, I think for me, it boils down to who my audience is and what I'm trying to convey. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, Specifically, when it comes to sexual, sexuality and sensuality, I don't do it to impress men. I actually don't right. care to impress men. <laughs> I tell you people know, that and um, they just don't understand. I'm like, I'm, I'm sensual with or without men. I, 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 I'm this way. I was this way before I was sexual. So <laughs> let me tell you, men will come holler at me in a winter coat. Don't <laughs> Like it doesn't like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I had a guy even yesterday, this older man literally looking me down on the street into my head. I'm like, sir, like, I like, no, anyway. Um, so for me, I think about like my audience is majority women. I think Mm -hmm. about the positive comments I get. Like, for example, when Chloe Bailey reposted me the other day, a lot of those people were like, oh my God, like, I'm so appreciative that you are confident in yourself. And that's where I'm just striving for. Right. So I always go back to, and to be very realistic, like to be very real with you, that was me when I was younger. I would look mm-hmm. at Beyonce, I'd look at those guys and I wouldn't look up, like, who gives a fuck if they're wearing leotards and like the bras and stuff. I wasn't like, like the sexiest women I found were, um, I was watching back Usher's Truth Tour. Mm-hmm. Those dancers, energies and ask. Yeah. I wasn't looking at what they were wearing. I was looking at how they exuded their confidence. The confidence, that's what it is. That's always really what it is. And so I get it. You know, a lot of stuff does get hypersexualized because we live in a hypersexualized society. But at the same time, 
Um, we're not going to sit here and act like women are supposed to just pack up their sexuality when men have been the ones perpetuating it forever. <laughs> so, you know, now that we're stepping into it, um, it's a conversation I have often. It's just like, sometimes it's not about sex. Sometimes it's not about being no. sensual. So a lot of times it's just about being confident and comfortable in your own body. And let yeah. me tell you, women are multidimensional and people mm -hmm. have issues with it. Yeah. That's what it is. You, people will be like, oh, Beyonce's dancing, da da da, wearing her leotard, and then we'll turn around and wear her church dress and still be fine. <laughs> Whenever another woman does it, everyone has an issue. And, you know, men can go to the strip club, go throw ones and whatever, call it a day, go back to the office, and no one will have a problem. Right. So I think people need to leave us alone. <laughs> yes, leave us alone, you guys. <laughs> All right, so what, how do you, when you're writing, about to write a song or sing or however you go, get into your process, like, what do you do? Do you light a candle? Do you cut down the lights? Like, what's, what's that look like for you? What's your zone? I honestly, I honestly just go straight to it. Yeah? Um, I was taught to write in a very, like, not a hurried manner, but very, like, you need to focus. So mm. I don't really like set a ritual. Um, I just know that if I have that majestic feeling, I have to write at that moment yeah. or say that idea um, in my head. Like, for example, Turning 21 was written, I got off the subway. I either had an exam or a last class. And I wrote that song in maybe half an hour. Um, those are always the best ones like especially when you can immediately get it out your head and like at least jot something down so you can always come back to the idea even if you can't you know fully commit to it at that moment exactly because yeah. then I just believe it's God telling me that I need to write mm -hmm. this stuff, write this song whatever it is right yeah and I'm a very spiritual person mm -hmm. so I feel like for myself it's like I have to follow that feeling yeah I'm the same way. Um, whenever I get an idea of something, it's just like, it's this, it's like a warm feeling come over you. And then your, your brain starts to like zone in on one, this particular topic. And I'm just like, okay, I have to get some paper, or my phone or something. I have to write it down. Um, and it might just start with a, a title. And sometimes I'll, I might sit there and write the whole episode or write the whole blog post and once I'm finished, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> who knew yeah. this is what I was going to be doing, you know, <laughs> for the last two hours. <laughs> um, okay. So what makes Azaria unique? Um, in a field where so many are trying to get to the top, what makes you stand out? What makes me stand out is the reason why I do music. Mm. Anyone can sing, anyone can perform. I think it's the drive and the intention um, as my father has taught me, music is a very powerful thing. Um, it creates revolutions. It starts feelings and emotions. And why not be a part of that change? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many songs that you've heard that have brought you back to that feeling or that energy or have changed. Like, for example, um, We Are the World, like by Michael Jackson, that has literally changed people's thought processes. So in being, why not be a part of something that's so powerful in any realm? You know, it's not just like, oh, feel good music. It's in your most intimate moments. It's in political moments. Like no one can ever deny the power of music and the place it has in people's hearts. Right. You know? So you feel like instead of doing what a lot of people do, which is 
chasing that trend or doing it for the bag, you're doing it for the art. I would say art, but I just think it's a bigger part of my purpose to be mm -hmm. able to help people. Oh, okay. I got you. Get, I got you. Yeah. To get closer to themselves because you still have to make money in whatever you do. That's right. Incredible, right. I believe that if you're a good artist, you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't go hungry. Right. Mm -hmm. You may not be making 30000 $50,000 a year, but you know, you have to be at least making something and <laughs> try to make something. Right. Uh, but you know, for me, my purpose is bigger than just looking cute and being famous. <laughs> like, yeah, you're changing. Like you said, music has an incredible influence, an incredible impact. Um, when we think about some of the best moments in our lives, it's usually a song associated to that moment in time. So you're definitely right. Being able to create something like that helps people connect better with themselves and with their life experiences. So the fact that you recognize that and that you're creating music for that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do you ever get any gigs with your base like do you ever do any like work just with your base so I've been hiding that I play bass why <laughs> until recently you know what I never felt like I was a good bass player and mm. not because let me tell you I have an incredibly high standard of what a musician is well from the from your childhood experience I can understand why <laughs> right so when like I tell people I do things, I feel like it has to be like the level of like how my dad plays drums or how he plays guitar or like professional musicians I've been around have played, right? Mm -hmm. So I never really talked about the fact that I can play bass. I'm not saying I'm a terrible bass player. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I learned how to play bass differently in terms of like reading um, music. Right. Like, I do have the skill. I just never really took on. Uh, I just restarted play using it and playing with it uh, just because I missed it. Right. Um, but no, I haven't done gigs. I know someone was like, when are you going to take out that bass? And I played one song on Instagram and I'm planning on doing another one. Uh, by the way, my father was so proud. I sent him the video and he was like, oh my God, my child. She's like, Aww. he was so happy. Like, he must That's the sweetest thing. Yeah. He's so extra. But yeah. He's your dad. <laughs> He's proud, I especially. Know. I mean, because you could have went any direction, but to to find love and passion in the same thing that he found love and passion and has to feel like a special connection for him. So that's probably why he's always just gushing about, you know, you doing your own thing. Yeah, he's super helpful too, like, because I started engineering. So if I have a problem, I'll call and be like, dad, there's something wrong with my tweeter. There's something wrong with this. And I'll be like, okay, we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. Like, right. So you engineer your own songs. No, not yet. Have not okay. Yet. You just started. started. You just started. Okay. Got you. <laughs> Listen, it's okay because I'm still learning a lot of this stuff behind the scenes. Okay. I understand. Okay. So I always ask this question and you don't have to answer it right now. We can revisit it at the end, but I'll ask it now so you can start thinking about it. What's your favorite song right now from your own catalog? And it, it doesn't have to be a release song because I know you said you're still working on some stuff. So it can be a song you that know, you haven't released yet. <laughs> okay, I think I haven't, it won't be on this project. It will probably be on the next one. 
Okay. Um, there's a very um, vulnerable song that I wrote about my family. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much a I need to break free kind of song. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say the lyrics or anything like that because the titles might change and stuff. Um, but I'm really into peaceful acapella. You won't see that with this EP. It's a whole other ball game. It's Young Azaria. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let, let us you know, let us hear a little um um a little hook or something. <laughs> pardon me. I said let us hear a little hook or something from it so we can be on the lookout. I songs too personal for me to sing. Oh, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. um, so I might cry on the spot to be honest. Oh no, um, I don't want you to cry. Don't cry. <laughs> Jeez, no, 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 worries, no worries, no worries. Not because I'm delaying singing. Like I will cry on the spot. Um, but um. What was I going to say to you? I just realized, I don't know. I feel like I've become proud of every song because I know the peace and vulnerability and what I was feeling at that time. Yeah. You know, uh, that's why when I like write for someone else, I have to intentionally remind myself I'm writing for someone else because if I write for myself, I'm never going to get rid of that. I'm never going to give it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can't have this. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Right. Like there's some songs where I'm like, mm, I'm not attached to that guy anymore. Maybe I'll get rid of it, <laughs> you know? Uh, but sometimes I'm like, nah, I need to hold on to the track. Like, it's yeah. Crazy, but, mm-hmm. So let's transition a little bit. Um, you mentioned your upbringing with your parents. Um, had did, What was the reaction from your circle? And I'm imagining your circle was already full of creatives. <laughs> but what was the reaction when they realized you were serious? Um, with music yeah um my mom I don't she was I don't think she was that enthused as I said before (laughs) uh but she said she got on board right yeah there's a couple more complications to that got you there's a couple more complications my father was important we actually started making like he engineered nothing guaranteed like he Mm. mixed and mastered it and he recorded Turning 21. Even to ONS, like I finished the vocals to ONS in my dad's studio because I was like, I need to finish this track <laughs> like right. now. Oh, can I come home? <laughs> you know? And, you know, I think my father was happy about it. And my mom was so so about it. I think, in terms of circle, um, my family, not necessarily friends as a circle they're not too pleased about my sensual image. Mm, very religious family? I wouldn't even say that. Like, we are religious. <laughs> like, but it's not super. Right. But we're not going, you know, it's not every Sunday, girl, you better wake up at seven o'clock. Like, it's not right. that. Um, so they're just uncomfortable and- with the thought of you being young and you stepping into that part of your womanhood. That, and they also say that basically, like, for other jobs and stuff, like, Mm. be careful what you do. And I completely understand that. But I wholeheartedly will not work a nine-to-five job. I just... That's what I was like, well, it's also about if I once work at that job, if they're denying me based on my self-expression, too. So, you know. That's how I feel. And it's not like I don't have qualifications if I want to move into another field. And I think also the reality is, is that times have changed. Kim Kardashian looks and does what she does and is still becoming a lawyer. Uh, what's her name? I could give you a better one. I keep what's forgetting about uh, that. Mm. She was a Maya prostitute. Was a, 
Some people don't know that. Some people really don't know that. Read her books, you guys. Read her books. And I'm I'm not knocking anybody with that. I grew up around, like, let me say this carefully. In the studio, strippers and dancers would come all the time. Right. So for me, you can't judge people based off of who they, like, what their occupation is because you never know what brought them to that place and where they want to go, right? So at the end of the day with my family, um, it's just been, I've just blocked out people that are just not interested. Surprisingly, the boys and the men of the family are so supportive, <laughs> so loving. And, and the women so, are? No. <laughs> well, in your own opinion, why do you think that is? Uh, hmm. Let me say this in a clear, cut, concise, nice way. I think that it is to dare to do bigger than what you're expected. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in that I don't think anyone else is successful. I just feel like we're taught to just, you know, all you have to do is survive. All you play have to it do safe. is just, you know, yeah, play it safe. And, you know, I think about my experience and many other experiences of other people both of my grandmothers did not come from Jamaica and go from doing not like like working like the worst jobs in the world to have me come here and be mediocre. Mm. Like I'm a strong believer in that on top of the fact that like there's so many pivotal moments, not in my story, but connected to me where it just can't end in we just live a mediocre life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a very big believer in that. Um, I do believe that when it comes to, um, and I can only speak from the experience of a woman, so I'll, I'll start there. When it comes to older women and families um, and younger women going out and doing that self-expression, it calls back um, to how they chose to live their life inadvertently and makes them look at all the choices that they didn't make, right? So then they get a little bit resentful because this people this person seems Yeah, this person seems more free than they ever were and they don't have too many too much to blame but themselves, right? Because you made the choice to um, live the kind of life that you live. But yeah, I think that's something we have to talk about um, in our households, especially um, being more accepting of the changes of the new generation. Because even I'm hitting that milestone in my own life where it's just like, you know, I have a 16-year-old niece and her life experience is definitely different from mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't ever want to f- make her feel like I'm being, I'm judging her for her life experiences, especially when she gets older. So, yeah, it's a conversation the, there. The, the key word is that they chose oh but they don't realize they did because they'll oh i had the kids and i had to be the wife and i had to do this and what that's still a choice (laughs) right and then also i think it's like talking with the person Mm -hmm. you know i had a conversation with one of my i guess aunts i could call an aunt you know she's not Mm -hmm. part of her family and you know she doesn't understand why I do what I do. She goes, why is, why do you feel as if this is empowering? And she didn't degrade me. She didn't go, what's wrong with you? She said, why do you feel as if, and because I gave clear cut words that I said at the beginning of the podcast about empowering women Mm -hmm. and how I believe that feminism is the right to choose. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, 
she's not just a bimbo just being naked. That's fine as well. But I feel like they can be more content with, oh, she's not making just flimsy decisions out of nowhere, which most people need reassurance for that. Mm -hmm. You know, but because I know for my dad, he was like, I just want to make sure you're safe. Right. I know this industry and that is fair. But then that's where you have to have a conversation and know the person you're talking to. And, and understand that I'm capable of, you know, protecting myself and making the sound choices and decisions that are going to be the best fit for um, my life. And, and that I'm not just out here just willy nilly, <laughs> just doing anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's discuss the ups and downs of being a creative. Like you mentioned, we mentioned sexism and then, you know, the whole family talk. So what are some other things that um, make you joyous and some other things that make you feel like you're struggling? Yeah, I think the struggle to feel as if you're not making it is very real. Mm. I think there's a lot of mental health issues, excuse me, um, that people go through and specifically myself. I know in the middle, well, we're still in the pandemic, but closer to, I guess, June, June, May or June, I was really struggling with the fact that during the pandemic, I felt like every person put out a song and it stressed me out. Like, because I just felt like before the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drop this. And this is that. And I had a plan. I was going to drop my EP by the end of the year. I was very confident in what I was going to do in the pandemic. hit. Right. And I always think that there's things that happen for a reason. You know, if I didn't have that, painful moment I wouldn't have decided to songwrite for other people ONS would not have been made (laughs) whatsoever you know um and I think learning how to expand skills and networking and learning how to do different things and not rely on other people wouldn't have happened if I wasn't in that predicament right um Excuse me. Wait, what was the question? I'm so sorry. Oh, no. What, what are some ups and downs of being a creative? But you're, you're yes. saying what a, what a down was, but you also transitioned into the up, which I think has been very much the experience of a lot of creatives. I can definitely say that um, I came into the pandemic and it was a hard hit. You know, I had some other mm-hmm. stuff going on too, but it was just like compounding all these crises um and it was just like a lot and then I kind of transitioned through it and made the best of it um and then I went into a season of burnout because now you're trying to keep up with the Joneses right you're looking at everyone else like you said it seems like everyone else you know got got an episode coming out this week it seems like everyone everyone else is doing this that and the third and you feel like am I working hard enough am I doing enough without accounting for this very real mental health issue that you're going through, that the whole world is in right now, right? This pandemic is not just there. It's actually affecting things while it's here. So um, learning to be gracious and learning to network um, came out of it a lot, I think, for me this past year as well. So I can definitely relate to um, both your up and your down as a creative. Yeah. And I think another one that's really important I realized recently is just experiencing. I was that person. I was like, yo, I want to get to the Grammys now. Like, I want to <laughs> do this now. Like, I want to da 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 this now. You know what I mean? And I was told, you need to calm down. 
know, <laughs> and you need to start experiencing what you're going through now because future is bright. Your future is going to be bright regardless of anything you do. Right. But you're going to be rushing through pivotal moments and you won't be able to live that back. Yeah. You know? So now I'm not as hard on myself anymore as I was before because a lot of my feeling came from, you know, childhood, you know, feeling like you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're not getting it done now, if you're not having success now, then you are a failure. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And trying to prove so, to yourself and yeah. others that you're not. Always having to deal with that scar so that you can feel, you know, somewhat worthy um, and prove to yourself that I'm not a failure, you know, so now you're overworking yourself, you're overcompensating in some ways, um, not giving your t- yourself time to enjoy your moments because you're always thinking ahead. <laughs> and also being just proud of yourself. I had to write, this isn't a bragging, but like I had to write down my resume and I didn't realize how much I accomplished <laughs> because you're not sitting down and reflecting on what you're doing. Right. I totally agree. Um, I think I said that I said that a while ago um, and it resonated with a couple of people. And it's just like, are you not proud of yourself because you're so focused on what you haven't done yet? Like, you know, have you looked at the things that you've accomplished and the things that you're actually processing and working through? Because once you actually take a full look at all of the things that you've done, you can really just, I, I have to do that to myself every so often. You know, it's a, it's a continuous process. But once you get in the habit of doing it and being gracious with yourself, it just changes everything for you. It was so sad because I remember, for me, I remember when my first song got on the radio. I had no reaction. I was so, like, blank face. And my friends were like, sorry, are you songs on the radio? Songs on the radio, so happy. <laughs> and like being a producer's daughter, as great as that moment is, mm-hmm. you're thinking of the bigger picture. Like, is it gonna chart? Right. I'm like, girl, anyone can have a song on a radio in my brain. Like, that's what I was thinking. This was so sad, you know? Um, it brings me back to I remember when my dad had it was, I can't remember what song it was on the radio. Don't ask me. But he had a song on the radio and he literally was like, Asari, can you grab the Thai food? I'm going to go in the car and listen to the song Aww. and all that hype. Right. Yeah, he was super excited. I don't even think he remembers that moment. <laughs> but, um, but then it's like, okay, song went on the track. What's next? And there's always a what's next. Mm-hmm. With anything in life, there's always a what's next. Because you're not in that past moment of what you were trying to achieve before. Yeah. Um, which is sad because I really should have held on to, you know, this, I was like, there's some people that have never had a song on the radio. Mm-hmm. Never, you know, so. Yeah. It's like you said, it's always a what's next and the what's next is necessary, but it's necessary in its proper time. And I think we condition each other um, as a society to not enjoy that the moments that really make your life meaningful right so we always focus on the what's next and oh you did that well somebody else did this you know and it's always just that feeling of not being good enough that you have to kind of settle in to yourself and realize like no it's okay you know I'm, I'm gonna make it let me enjoy this and and I can also look forward to the moments ahead too
relax, heal, and embrace a better you. Spa Danny offers quality yet affordable massages customized just for you. Let Danny create a space for you to hit the pause button. Who doesn't need that at the start of 2021? Why not start today? You can call or text at 843-687-2079. That's 843-687-2079. You can also message her on her business page at spadanny underscore on Instagram. Or follow her on Facebook at spadanny LLC. You can also book online at spadannyexperience.com. That's spadannyexperience.com. Treat yourself, be good to yourself, and let 2021 be a whole vibe. Mm-hmm. Being completely present. Yes. Um, what have you learned about gaining support for your music? Oh my God. Um, what do you mean? Like from my audience? From any, from your audience, from your circle, from yourself, like what have you learned throughout your your journey in gaining support for what you're doing? I just I just couldn't believe. I don't know if this is a learning moment, but <laughs> I couldn't believe the amount of impact you could have on people. Mm. You know, I had a girlfriend that I look up to immensely, like so much, and. You know, she literally taught me that I could literally do anything. And for her to turn around and tell me she, I'm not, I'm the main reason, obviously, because I don't want to put that energy out there. <laughs> but because she saw me put out my music, she decided to do it. And having women come up to me and say, you know, I see you be unapologetically yourself. That's what I'm striving to do. And that's what I'm going to do is just, it's just bigger than just the music. Yeah, it's you impacting people's lives for them to live authentically themselves, mm-hmm. and that's that's all I could really take and be happy about, you know. Just, but you know, it's hard when you're not making any money. You know, it's hard when you know you're stressed out because it's like there's all these things you want to do creatively, but at the end of the day, if people are just being impacted and a meaning, I'm not saying any impact is good, but like a meaningful impact. Like it's changing the trajectory of their lives and how they feel and think about themselves. You know, when people listen to Nothing Guaranteed and they're like, honestly, fuck that nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. No, seriously. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or like on the podcast, like I remember Mish and I spoke about uh, how you you can shoot your shot to a guy. And I just had this like, conversation the other day on another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's for me anymore, but you know, <laughs> to everyone else, you know, how do you feel about shooting shots? Um, I feel I've never done it, but I, that's because when I decided I was okay with it, I, I got into another uh, connection with someone. So now I'm not going to be shooting any shots anytime soon. However, um, I do think it's something more women uh, should look into doing because when you don't shoot your shot, you're only receiving what's coming to you and not going out and finding what you want, right? You're not being the hunter because you're so used to being the prey. 
And I think that once you get in the mindset of a man always approaching you, you're always approaching you, and you could very well like another guy, but you don't approach them. You're just waiting for them to make that first move. You can miss out on so many opportunities to actually select the people that you want to be in your life. I completely agree. I think I'm only going to be doing that when the pandemic is done. Because <laughs> this online dating thing, mind you, I'm going to take Shamboo Dram's uh, advice. I don't know if you read The Game of Desire. I haven't. Have you read it? Mm-mm. Okay. That's the book you need to read or listen to. I know you're in a relationship already, so you don't need Oh, to no. Read I'd love to read. Books. I will still read up, honey. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to, like, even just little tricks on how to, like, you know, keep someone engaged. Spice it up. Okay. Enticed, you know? Yeah. It's a really great book. But um, she said that. She said a lot of women, she's like, the reality is that there's technically heterosexual relationships, more women than there is men. So Mm -hmm. because of that, men have the lick of the picking and women are seen as sexualized beings and not actual people. So you have to make yourself valuable in this market where there's more uh, demand. Right. Hits the competition between women in a lot of ways. And it's just like, I don't know. But... At this point, I don't, I don't find no one over a man. You can have him. I don't care. I don't need it. <laughs> uh, you know? to, no, I, I'm not going to man bash up here because we don't do that on a podcast. But what I'm not going to do <laughs> is fight over a man. I'm not fighting over a man that I really don't think will benefit me. And even yeah. then, you can have him. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, so the girl, she messaged this guy and now they're like, like messaging each other and like going out and like if it wasn't for us she wouldn't have taken that chance wow so, right we, that's we awesome that's what if they have babies and stuff y'all just did a whole thing there they gotta put like bag y'all chat on the uh, <laughs> yeah on the crib <laughs> so if you guys didn't catch that builders uh she does have a podcast i know we're focusing on the music but it's called bad girl chat and it is a bad great gal. podcast bad girl i'm sorry you listen jamaican yeah <laughs> <laughs> look and when the intro came on i was in the car jamming <laughs> i worked hard on the intro man i didn't do the beat but i worked hard on that intro <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, I will put it um, in the details of the show and you can always find that on your stream platforms to take a listen and hopefully she can help you if you need some help with your dating life as well. It's <laughs> fine. So how do you connect with other creatives or other artists? Um, I like just messaging them and asking them if they want to work. You know, I have a home studio now, so I'll just be like, come over to my house. Um, if I have a song that I think they already can work on and they want to go to the studio, they can work on it like separately. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just really like creating. I like making songs in the studio because that's the energy that I was around when I was a kid. If you're sitting there and like thinking of a line and like writing and like, nah, you need it like this and you need it like that or like live mixing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's why the pandemic sucks. Yeah, limits. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I love, like, some of my fondest memories of when KR and I were in the um, the studio. And it's so funny because we were supposed to have a session and his wife was giving birth that day. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we obviously couldn't, like, go to the studio. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Um, I remember when his um, 
what's it called? The secretary was like, hey, uh, I don't know if this is okay. We can switch the session, but his wife's in labor. I was like, why are you calling me? <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> right? Um, so weird. <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, some of the fondest memories I have is like the energy in the studio, like recording with people, the vibe, like the great conversations. Like, mm. And I'm such a meticulous perfectionist. So like I knit pick everything when I mix and master like I missed all that time in the studio doing all of that so that's what I miss like and that's how I connect with others now you said uh mixing and mastering so I would imagine it's not a lot of women that's doing that have you found the slim pickings between what you're doing and what other women creatives or artists might be doing uh in terms of being in the mixing and mastering process yeah. So I would imagine no. There's some that probably are, and I don't know. But, you know, I hear uh, apparently there's a lot of people that just want to be like, okay, just mix and master my songs, see how it goes. Because I grew up with a father that mixes and masters. Like, I know actually a fair amount of how mixing and mastering should sound. And I know how I want my song to sound and I'm very particular to the point mm-hmm. where my dad and I have fought <laughs> like during mixing and mastering, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's your baby. And I understand. It's just like, no, I want this to be the way I want it to be. I don't care what you talk about. <laughs> but then in my dad's head, he's like, well, I gave birth to you. I know what's right. So right. you should do what I say. But that doesn't fly with mine. So, you know, uh, but, you know, so, you know, I have been a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to that stuff. But the reality is, is that, you know, no one would have a headache if I was a man. Mm. No one would feel like, oh, you know, she's doing too much if I was a man to be a straight. You know, with Mariah Carey, they said all the time she was difficult to work with. She just had high expectations for how right. she wanted to look and how she wanted to sound, and it was what it is. Yeah. You know? Um, so in terms of other women, I honestly don't know, and I don't know if they are, how in-depth they are in it. Um, but I'm someone that's very meticulous when it comes to mixing and mastering, because I can hear the big difference. Mm-hmm. Like, as you As you should be, because it's yours. Yeah, that's true. But to the point where some people would have been like, I don't care. And I'll be like, no, there was something. Like, I remember when I got ONS back, I, I think something happened where KR forgot to turn on a preset and send it to me, like finalized. And mm-hmm. I heard the difference. <laughs> he never said I was crazy. Like, don't worry. But other people would have been like, oh, like, oh, oh, perfect example for this, for the um, audience. I did a song. I was a featured on the song. Mm-hmm. I sent it to the person. He was going to mix and master it and send it back to me. I got the mix and master back and my vocals were delayed in a bad way. Like my vocals were behind the beat. Oh, got you. So I say to this guy, hey, you know, I don't sound like I'm in the pocket. I have the original. This is what I'm supposed to sound like. It's not there. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, you don't know what you're hearing. Basically, you. Excuse you, sir? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, you don't know what you're hearing. Oh, it sounds fine. You don't know what you're talking about. Me. Anyway. (laughs) I was like, let me hear the reference. I was like, let me see if I'm crazy. 
sent it to someone, I sent it to my dad. I said, dad, tell me I'm not wrong. He goes, no, it's wrong, it's wrong. Man messages me back half an hour later or something and goes, oh, I'm sorry, you actually were right. There was something wrong, wrong. But for me, it was the fact that you, you came out and thought because you're a man, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. You thought you were a man that you could belittle this woman and say she doesn't know what she's doing. Meanwhile, you don't understand the experience I have. And that's what happens is that there's a lot of women in this industry that have to know double or all of it mm-hmm. and will still be underestimated or not taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of industries. <laughs> um, how important is it for you to have a team or a tribe that you can draw creativity from? Like, let's say you're a little low on your tank. You haven't created in a while. You might be a little burned out. Who who are the people that you go to to draw some inspiration from? Oh my God. Well, it's like my friends. Mm. You know, when they say things or like say, you know, I feel like this, I feel like that. Like, for example, when um, there's a lyric like, Gotta Kick Him Out by Five, I thought about my podcast partner, Mish. And one day she said, you know, just make sure you kick him out of your bed. Don't let him sleep over. <laughs> she goes, if, you, if he sleeps over, you're going to get those pheromones. And you're going to feel like you love him. She's like, kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, went, she went to biology on your anatomy. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a real thing, though. So, guys, yeah. don't let people sleep over in your bed unless you want to intentionally draw a stronger connection with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I 100% agree because there have been situations where I haven't and stuff, right? Right. Um, but in terms of creative, I'll just look at my friends because like, for example, dating material is like the ends of the earth crazy. Like being a woman, <laughs> like you'll have your own dating material. But like some of the stories that I hear from my friends, I'd be really sitting there and being like, yo, this man actually did this. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying, drawing on other people's experiences. Yeah, and like I'll draw from my own, but like I'm I'm such an emotional person mm-hmm. unless I'm feeling as if like I've resolved or almost resolved my issues on something or just need to vent something. I don't want to always talk about, you know, or sing about what I'm experiencing all the time because sometimes it's super painful for me. Yeah. You know. So what's nice about my empathetic self is that I can draw onto other people's experiences. Right. Um, but I mostly draw inspiration from watching like documentaries uh, or like reading books. Like mm-hmm. right now I'm reading, I'm reading Mariah Carey's book. And I listened to her audio book. So, it was so good. That's what, I'm doing. that's what I'm doing. It's so good. And I was like, the way that she sings and interludes, I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it feels I'm like sorry. your aunt telling you the story. No, no, don't worry. Yeah, it does. And I'm like, I, I literally, I think I was at work and it probably took me about like two or three days. Maybe not even three days because I like, I literally just listened to her straight for like two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was listening to her on the way to work, um, at work, after work. <laughs> So, so yeah. it's only, it's 12 hours of an audio book. It's not too bad. I could see yeah, because you definitely can get it done if you're listening to it all day and be finished with it. I've done a couple of audio books like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm like, I, I need to know what happens next. <laughs> no, that's fine. 
honestly, I'm like, it depends on the part I'm at. Cause I'm like, there are places in the book where I'm like, I feel I'm emotional. Like, I don't want to get to her first marriage. You know, I'm nervous to get to her. Like, yeah. Oh, you hadn't gotten there like, yet. So you just started it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like just, I'm in the part now where she's talking about her experience learning from, um, music from her mom and stuff so I'm really mm-hmm. early but it's like some of the stories I'm like I'm like I'd be getting emotionally invested because I love Mariah like, <laughs> I love her um or oh I'm watching the Biggie documentary and I'm also watching I don't remember the name of this documentary right now but it's like how Dre and another uh, engineer became producers mm-hmm. you know a lot of that stuff inspires me because it reminds me hey, if you're in a rough place now, that's not your end goal. That's not where you're going right. to be later on. Because look how much, like, even hearing, Mar- when Mariah Carey said at the beginning of the book that she felt like a failure um, for not having a record deal at 18, I was like... Right. I was, the high expectations she set for herself, I was just like, okay. Because I wasn't particularly a Mariah fan until after the book. Until really? after the book, I'm I'm so serious. Like I was just like she's you know she's cool or whatever, but um, I think I just got the free audio book uh, when I signed up for uh, Audible, and I was just like, well, yeah. this looks interesting. I heard some good stuff about you know the book on different podcasts. I was like, well, let me listen to it. And after that, I was like, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. I mean, yeah. You know what's crazy about Mariah is that people just don't get that like she's hilarious and she's so cool mm-hmm. like Nick, Nick, her ex-husband I remember listening to a podcast he did and this was after they got divorced and he literally said like y'all don't understand how funny Mariah is like it's a, literally a facade that what she gives y'all she gives you the energy she gives you the extraness but she's funny like she's right hilarious. so reading her book I was like this is the humor this is really <laughs> yeah so um what kind of support do you currently need as an artist? Oh my God. Um, I would say probably more exposure. Mm. You know, uh, exposure really helps because there's only so much right now, at least, money and budget you have for exposure. Right. Um, I'd say valuable feedback. Uh, valuable emphasis on valuable <laughs> yeah because everyone has feedback everyone tells you how they feel and sometimes it's not warranted yeah you know if you're telling me something about uh something that I have made an uh, active choice to do it's not gonna change <laughs> you know your your opinion you can evaluate me tell me how I can get better tell me what I can improve on but as far as stopping me from making the decision I already made not gonna happen right so this is where you have to differentiate and I have been learning how to do it uh figuring out where the advice is coming from and whether it's warranted Mm -hmm. uh I remember when ONS came out one of my friends was like the song's too long I was like Girl, everyone's used to a two-minute track. Right. And sometimes it's just like, okay, well, dang, I got to play the song over because I like it so much. Right. It's like you're never going to win with people when people are fickle. So at the end of the day, as long as you make yourself happy, that's all that matters. I love Um, that. Because so many people miss that. It's like, 
yes, you want to pay attention to your audience, but you don't want to pay so much attention to what other people think you should be doing that you stop being true to what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, if I decided to cover myself up as my family would love, it wouldn't be true to myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess that's what all I need really right now. And then, you know, everyone need, you know, everyone wants more money, but I don't believe money comes later, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So as far as your music, you mentioned the Grammys and you just mentioned money. Where do you want it to take you? There. No, joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, where I would like it to take me is to be multidimensional as an artist. You know, I don't only want to just be a pretty face and an artist, you know, I think I would do very well or do well writing behind people, helping develop artists, if anything, um, and also help me do bigger things that I care about more. Like, I love helping people. I'm very passionate about helping people. And so, like, for example, like when I dropped my two Christmas covers, we coincided it with a fundraiser for the homeless. Um, oh wow yeah and I just that that's something that I'm just really super passionate about because you know I remember when there were points in my life where I needed strenuous help it may not be for money but you know in terms of like mental health and mm -hmm. you know not feeling like there's anyone on your side so if you can help make a big difference in anyone else's life and you have the means to and mind you I am not rich I will keep, not yet. I'm not rich yet, right? But even with the little wealth you have, whether it's your health, whether it's money or your resources, you can help so many other people in this world. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, for me, it's like, all we have to do is help each other. We established that you're a cancer something, aren't you? I'm all cancer. Okay. I thought you're cancer sun and moon. I'm sun, moon, uh, I'm sun, moon, Venus, and Mars. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> see, my moon oh, is in my cancer. My is Leo. Yeah. Oh, I can see the Leo shining through. Yeah. Um, my moon is in cancer. Um, and I read something this week. It was just like checking on us because, of course, um, you know, cancer is going through its own thing right now because the actual moon, it has been in cancer, I think, for a couple of days. So, yeah. It has? If I'm not mistaken, oh God, is this why I've been so emotional? Listen, I've been emotional the last couple of days. And I had to like, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, this kind of makes sense. <laughs> Wait, let me check this forecast. <laughs> no, for reals, I'm going to check. No, go ahead. Please do. Oh, no, it's in Leona. So it was in Moon. It was. Yeah, I was like, it was for, I think, a day or two. Yeah, no, and it's rough being, like, it's so crazy because the dichotomy of my energies, like, for example, Mer Mercury Leo, Scorpio Ascendant. So when people see me and hear me talk, they think I'm just this hardcore, mean <laughs> ass, like, don't care about anyone else. Like, people have said to my face, like, yeah, we thought you were stuck up, like, straight. You know what I I've mean? I've gotten that. <laughs> right? So yeah. then, you know, when they talk to you, they'll be like, oh my God, you're so, so soft. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm like, well, no, I have gotten that. I think I've hardened up throughout the years. <laughs> What's but your I, um, oh, I can't remember what my Mercury is. I think it might be Gemini. So I have only like a few. Uh, of course, my son is Aquarius. My Cancer, I mean, my Moon is Cancer. Um, my Rising, I suspect to be Gemini. And then the rest, I think I have a lot of, I have, I go between Gemini, Cancer, Taurus, um, and I have a lot of Aquarius in my, my uh, chart too. So yeah, I'm just a conundrum over here. (laughs) Honestly, I'm one of the most consistent like charts you'll meet. Like most people are like everything else, like completely different, like, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Yeah, I actually like my little combination. I think it's fun. It's very uh, unique, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it gives me a little spice of life. Um, hmm. Let's discuss you being an artist in Drake's Toronto. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let's talk about it. How is that market there? It's interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of defining factors. One is that we don't have as much people as the states. Mm. Also, our market is very small in terms of urban music, if you catch my drift. Got it. Right. Because, you know, the home of like hockey with rock and all that stuff, right? So it's a very different tailoring group like group tailoring to a specific group right Mm -hmm. um in terms of the type of music that they push up now so what happens is is that we have a small urban um urban community but then also you know in toronto mind you in all creative spaces there's a lot of people that don't want to work with each other and feel like people and opportunities are taken away Mm -hmm. but the differences between the states and canada is that there are very small small opportunities there's not as many opportunities one but two not a lot of people are willing to work with each other okay so kind of crabs in a barrel mentality yes Um, and it's very disheartening because the reality is, is that you won't get anywhere unless you're working with people that want to be where you, where you want to be as well. Right. Right. So, you know, in terms of working with people, you know, there are songs that I've written with people probably, you know, haven't been put out or like, you Mm. know, you'll message someone with like, like X amount of followers at 4,000 something, or they don't want to support or whatever. Mm. And that's just the reality of it. So it literally is just a gamble of the people that you're working with. I've had more support <laughs> from people in the States. And I've never, I've only been in the States like once in my life. Right. Like then in Toronto, because of that mentality. And also like in our music industry down here, no one really cares about the music. Like they do, but it's more about like the, the uh, drama around it. Oh, the appearance. Yeah, the appearance and also the drama and, you know, people beefing, like, you know, when you see oh, God. Girl, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because, you know, we have our own little beasts around here, <laughs> you know, and, you know, that's normal in any community. But the problem is within Toronto is that it deters 
so what happens is it's like you know how those kids like pop smoke in those guys mm -hmm. like they got killed and stuff the same stuff happens here but down here what happens is it, it deters labels from wanting to pick out Toronto talent got you, you know? so mind you imagine being a person that has never been in the hood <laughs> right <laughs> never have like touched the streets like never and you're already being kind of like dismissed because of this like environment right because, you know what I mean um so the reality is a lot of people have to leave you know I have considered I like leaving as mm. well because um people say all the time and other musicians have said you know there is a glass ceiling when it comes to music in here you know, there's only maybe three or four places you can tour, like Calgary, Montreal and stuff. Compared to the States, you could literally hit four cities nearby and make money. Right? Yeah, right? I would say it's just this a little different here. Yeah. Yeah. But also you can, I think people are more inclined to work with, like, m like my team, my team now is becoming more Americans you know, shout out to Charmed and like people I work with and are supported by have become more American. Mind you, I do work with Canadian artists and stuff, but mm -hmm. in terms of like that reach or even just podcasting and like, I, I know this is not about podcasting. Oh, no, no, please. Like, majority of my like collaborations for podcasts have been with Americans. You know, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, other other podcasts other podcasters here in Toronto they will some of them not all of them because I have collaborated with with Canadian podcasts they won't even look at your message or email oh we listen message me <laughs> I will gladly uh, I will. talk I'm with gonna, you <laughs> I'm gonna talk to my podcast partner because I was like I want to have you guys and then I want to have like kiss and tell Oh yeah, that would be fun. I could definitely see you with Kiss and Tell, and then I'm always open. Uh, whatever conversation you would have, I'll have it. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's kind of get into the financial, mental, and emotional aspects of being a creative. Yeah, financially, it's taxing. Mm -hmm. You know, I am very blessed and privileged to be a producer's daughter. 110%. Do you get all his old equipment? Yes, I did. I got all of it. <laughs> I, got all of it. I said, I called my dad and said, you know, dad, I want to start recording at home. And he said, okay. So majority of my equipment that I had to buy was like little things like a mic and a pop filter, but like the big stuff. And even like, you know, for example, my speaker, my tweeter went out. My dad's going to fix it for me. I'm yeah. very... I'm very um, privileged in that aspect. Right. But in terms of putting out money, music, in terms of videos, and keeping up with the Joneses, it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. So in terms of financial, to offset that finance, you have to be very intentional with how you're marketing now. You know? Yeah. So I'm not marketing to everybody because I'm not for everybody. You know, my primary target is black women that look like me, you know, so I target to my audience and who I need to reach, right? 
Um, emotional, I kind of already talked about that before, but I think it's just keep reminding yourself that you're here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed I have to take breaks and recharge. Um, yeah. And it's hard when you're trying to always be can be relevant to take that break and remind yourself that you need it. But the way at least I do it is you're not going to be useful unless you take your, your mental health break and, you know. Right. Um, so now I schedule everything. Mm -hmm. And like for the podcast, we have our little chart of what we need to do. So I'm not feeling like I have to edit a million episodes or Misha has to do a million editing of images. And now I have a policy where unless I have an interview or a meeting, I don't work in the evening. <sighs> I am getting there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm a little privileged in the fact that I can do work at work, you know, black people, right? Yeah, no, I get it. Because I'm just like that, that work life balance has been, it was difficult before, but especially since this pandemic hit, it has been trash. <laughs> it's been horrible. It's been horrible. But it's also treated me, it also taught me how to treat myself and how to take mental breaks. Like now yeah. every weekend I have to go for two walks. Yeah. Or I have to go work out. Like there's no, like your mental health will deteriorate if you don't go, right? Right, or advocate for yourself and set those boundaries, especially um, that's been something I definitely learned during the course of all of this. It's just like, I don't care what is going on. You know, sometimes like I, if I say no, I can't do it. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And what was your last one? Physical? Physical. Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Let me scroll back up. Ba -ba -ba. Mental. But I mean, that kind of, you kind of touched on that too. Um, yeah. So let's get into the advice you would give an artist or a creative that wants to get started, a little bit scared, and need some words of truth and encouragement. Yeah, um, I think if you're scared, the best thing to do is study before you decide to do something. Mm. Um, you know, mind you, I was very privileged to be, to have musical parents around me. But a year before y'all saw anything, <laughs> I studied the music business. Um, for example, like um, my father, he was one of the writers of Who Let the Dogs Out. And that was one of his biggest like missteps for business is signing off and signing away his royalties. Oh, so, I was about to say that's a that's the huge that's oh my god, that song is huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what happened was is I had my godfather, um, they ended up signing off their royalties. So they gave away their rights to continue to be paid off of that song. Right. You know. And that is a huge misstep, you know, and granted there is failure, but then there's also success. So as his daughter, <laughs> you I learned. have decided to learn from his mistakes because what is it? It's like a fool learns from their own stakes, but a smart person learns from others. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have made that a big part of my artistry is business side. You know, I make sure split sheets are in, like, sorry, in effect, make sure the business is handled cleared. Before I started doing music, I made sure that I understood the business and not just 
money, but also how to market. Because I think a lot of times people forget that music business is a business. Yeah. There is a, right. There's a method of marketing. There's, there are ways to make money. For example, my merchandise that I'm wearing right now, you know what I mean? And getting sponsorships. So I wouldn't tell anyone to deter themselves to feel as if they can't do it because when you're making smart decisions, when you're around, around the right people and getting the right mentorship, you are, can be extremely, um, you can get further than you thought you did. Mm -hmm. Um, and also not being afraid to do the dirty work. Like when I, um, I had a show, I sold the most tickets at my show being the only woman. But I was on the ground posting posters to get people and like talking to people to get to the show doing that 1990s grind. Yeah, you know? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So don't be afraid to get your hands dirty and also fail. You know, my favorite part of homecoming and Beyonce when she goes, you know, people don't want to make mistakes because they don't want to be humble. And I said, whoo, Chile. <laughs> And this is the woman that's literally achieved everything most people cannot imagine. Mm -hmm. And she's still there making mistakes because she knows you have to stay humble to be able to reach the next level. So right. that would be my advice. Great, great advice. I mean, that should get anybody out. If you have listened to what she just said, should encourage you to take that step into um allow yourself to be heard, you know, because you might have something to share that can change somebody's life like her music has, you know, and that it will do in the future. So what is your life quote that you live by? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> a life quote. Okay. It's not really a quote, but it's a prayer. Um, okay. My guidance counselor gave it to me uh, in grade 11 very long time Mr. Hamilton it's um the serenity prayer mm. uh I have a big problem with that statement God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference so powerful it's so simple but it's so powerful because a lot of times we try to have too much control over things and that becomes and it's uh, so hard yeah <laughs> yeah it can be very hard. That's where most of my anxiety comes from. Oh my God, this boy doesn't like me. Oh my mm. God, I can't have control over my career. And you're only focused on the negative, the half cup, and you're not thinking, oh, this is an opportunity to meet more men. This is an opportunity to explore other ways that you can go around this problem, you know? Right. And so that's what I've been trying to implement lately is looking at how I can how take accountability for where I am in a situation, but also figure out how to move forward and solve problems in different ways. And I'm making things opportunities. Right. Oh, I love that. Zaria, it has been a great, great creating space with you. Um, I think that the builders have a little insight into your vibrant personality. Um, Thank you. And as much as we talked about your music, especially uh, the particular songs we've mentioned, they should be clicking and you should be seeing some streams, hopefully, um, from this discussion. But let's go ahead and plug all your information and let them know where they can find you and your music. 
Yeah, so you guys can visit my website, azariaartistry.com, um, A-Z-A-R-I-A, um, A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y.com. I only write that. I don't say it out loud. Um, you can also check me out on Instagram, azaria.artistry, the same thing. There's just a dot in between. If you want to get a wilder side of me, catch me on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is all the thoughts. <laughs> I will be following you on Twitter because I'm on Twitter too. <laughs> Twitter, yeah, I'll get your Twitters. Twitter, I'm a whole other ball game. Like I will, that's my original like feelings. Um, I'm also on a journey of um, self-love and like yeah. um, high value woman energy. So I have another Instagram if y'all want to follow it. It's like my fun one. Um, Wait, you I'm have two Instagrams? <laughs> I have, let me tell you, the amount of Instagrams I actually mandate are like crazy. Like I have my, my regular one. Mm-hmm. I have, I do my family's company. I do the back out chat one with Mish. And then so my high value woman diaries one is like my personal, like it's like when, you know, when Instagram first came out, mm-hmm. when you had all your cloudy photos. this this that's the one (laughs) (laughs) not the cloudy samsung photos yes like you don't have to care about the quality of the photos and you just say not saying i'm not freely expressive on my artist page Mm -hmm. but has a different meaning like for business right right so that one i will be a fool on like you'll see my jokes you'll see the books that i read and like more personal side of me Mm -hmm. um what else is going on make sure you check out the podcast bad gal chat Mm -hmm. bad g-y-a-l chat um, where we interview guests and we're going to have you on again as a guest. And then also we do like pop culture. I don't care about celebrities, but you know, look at these different <laughs> Jacksons and everything. We got to do something. Right. You got to talk about something. And I'm trying to think, oh, if you guys can grab my merch. Um, I have a couple of things for ONS. This one. Yeah. Is I love that shirt. Me. Mm-hmm. thank you I'll give you a code if you're interested in buying it it's like okay. a light like a relaxing time and if you guys want a code use the code love yourself but it's not l-o-v-e l-o-v-e it's l-u-v um for five dollars off and follow me on Instagram and if you guys have any questions or want to talk about anything that I said on here you're more than welcome to message me awesome you guys, I know that was a lot because she's everywhere, right? She's definitely out here on the platforms, on social media. But don't worry, I will always plug all of her information into the details. What's up? You forgot one. My music. I'm you on did. <laughs> Why I'm here. Listen to my music. Yes. Apple, let them know where Spotify, they can... Title, anywhere. Go listen. ONS is out now. My recent single um it's um we're gonna have a video coming out soon and go listen to our music please <laughs> like uh, we both did you <laughs> we both forgot <laughs> but yes <laughs> um i will be don't worry because once i do the promo i will also be sharing your music and, and where i can find it and all that great stuff but um i'll put the details of where you can follow her on instagram her twitter and her music all in the uh, show notes. So never fear, just click on uh, the details after you log out of this episode. And you guys know me, I'm your host, Kay Antoinette. 
And you can follow me on Instagram at kantoinette underscore the blogger. You can also follow the Let's Build Futures page at let's underscore build underscore futures and visit letsbuildfutures.com for blog posts um, monthly. You can also uh, catch Creating Spaces every Friday and regular episodes on Mondays. For any questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, you can also hit me up at allthingslbf at gmail.com. And you can also have your comments and everything read on the show. So it's been another great episode. We'll catch you in a few days. Bye.